Warning, the SwampSwamesports.com podcast is rated M for mature audiences. If you're under the age of 50, you probably won't get most of his bad jokes and puns. about teams that are courting trouble. When your college basketball team defeats a big rival at home for the first time in years, the home team fans feel the necessity to release a lot of that pent-up emotion. And rushing onto the basketball court immediately following the final buzzer apparently helps some fans feel like they were a part of the team's victory too. In rivalry games like these, the home team's fans have likely shown up a little bit earlier than normal prior to tip-off, and the crowd will spend the next two hours of the game creating a noisy environment in an attempt to rattle that opposing team. The game itself may be a tense, back-and-forth type of affair. And when the final buzzer goes off, with a home team victory, some of the fans may feel more excited about that surprising victory than their own players do and hundreds or thousands of these bench warmers in the stands are ready to come celebrate with their comrades on the basketball court. And that's when the trouble often begins. The opposing team's players and coaches are dejected after losing such a close game. But before they have a chance to even exit the court, they're now seeing hundreds of exuberant fans rushing onto the hardwood to celebrate with the victorious home team. And on some occasions, the post-game celebration has gotten a little bit too rowdy. Like, for example, Wake Forest fans last Saturday. The Duke Blue Devils traveled down I-40 West to Winston-Salem on Saturday to play an important ACC game against their conference rival Wake Forest. The game was a hot ticket. This was the first home sellout basketball game for the 18-9 Demon Deacons since the year 2017. The students were primed and ready for the game. A win over the number 10 Duke Blue Devils, who are 21-6 on the year, would serve to increase the chances to receive an invitation to the NCAA's March Madness Basketball Tournament field in just a few weeks. Though Duke trailed by four points with just two seconds left in this game, the Blue Devils coach, John Shire, who's a former Duke player himself, was concentrating on a way to create a final shot opportunity to win the game. He was too focused at the time to be thinking about that sea of Wake Forest fans who were ready to swarm onto the court for a post-game celebration. Shire said afterwards, You're still trying to hope that somehow you can get fouled at the end. I'm never going to give up on a game. You want to do everything you can do to give yourself a chance. Well, Duke's final attempt failed. And hundreds of Wake Forest basketball fans immediately descended onto the floor to whoop it up with their basketball team. Unfortunately, Duke's starting center, Kyle Filipowski, sustained a minor injury to his right knee moments after the game ended. A wild and crazy Wake Forest fan bumped into him as Duke's big man was trying to wade through the crowd to get into the visitor locker room. Duke coach John Shire later admitted that he should have pulled his starters off the floor before the game had ended. He could have sent them into the locker room before the final buzzer and avoided possible injuries to his key players. He said, that was a mistake on my part. And now let's move to Baton Rouge, where Tigers win! Tigers win! Just two days earlier, the LSU Tigers men's basketball team rallied in the second half and defeated SEC rival Kentucky in Baton Rouge 75-74 on a frantic last-second shot. And like Wake Forest, the 14-13 Tigers were playing in front of their largest home crowd of the season. 
Beating Kentucky, who's now 21-9 on the year, in college basketball is LSU's winter equivalent of taking down Alabama during the fall football season in Baton Rouge. And as the game ended, the LSU fans immediately rushed onto the court right as the winning shot fell into the basket. Fortunately, none of the Kentucky basketball players appeared to have been injured as they found a way to make it back into the locker room. The SEC's rules were updated in the year 2023 for this type of post-game celebration issue. As a result of the fans storming the court a few days ago in Baton Rouge, LSU is going to pay a fine of $100,000 to the conference for their spontaneous outburst. And by the way, that fine increases to $250,000 if it happens a second time this year and $500,000 for a third time within a season. And did you know that the Southeastern Conference is going to redistribute that money from LSU? And it's going to go to the visiting school, in this case, Kentucky. I did not know that. Most major conferences have provisions to fine its member institutions if the home team fans rush onto the basketball court before the other team has a chance to make it into the locker room area. However, the fines are just not as punitive as those seen in the SEC. For example, the Pac-12 conference will assess a fine of just $10,000 for the first offense like that of the season. Now, schools participating in these smaller conferences generally address this type of an issue on a case-by-case basis. It doesn't happen very often. And the league commissioner will then make a determination regarding the most appropriate punishment, if any. Most of these small conference schools generally receive a warning for their first offense. Well, fines might sound good, but they generally don't stop the problem. Many times, a court-storming event happens right after the home team hits a game-winning shot in the final moments, and that's exactly what occurred in Thursday night's win by LSU over Kentucky. A spontaneous burst of emotion cascades throughout the crowd. Then, a sea of humanity came running onto the basketball court at the Pete Maravich Assembly Center to celebrate a victory with the Tigers players and coaches. Even if the home court public address announcer reminds the crowd of the consequences during these close ball games, the emotions of the moment can generally triumph over logic. And the universities walk a fine line between encouraging enthusiasm for its sports teams and having problems occur caused by those same exuberant fans. Former Virginia Tech basketball coach Seth Greenberg said that court storming is a mixed bag for the universities. He said, quote, Let's face it, most of these schools, when you have that moment, you're willing to pay the fine. That's a great marketing tool for your university in terms of showing the synergy between the student body, the athletic department, and the institution. Well, the top-rated basketball schools see this happen to them a lot. This year, Purdue University's men's basketball team has been ranked as one of the top five teams for most of the season. They're number two this week in the AP poll with a sterling 25-3 record. Their top player knows firsthand about post-game court storming during his four years at the college. Purdue's Zach Eady is seven foot four inches tall, and he was the National Player of the Year in 2023. He recalled that the Boilermakers have seen the court stormed by fans on 10 of the team's 11 road losses in the last three years. Zach Eady believes that alcohol, which is now being served at many college basketball arenas, is helping to fuel the increase in court storming during recent years. He said, quote, students, probably a lot of drunk students, charging the court against another team isn't the safe thing to do, but I think it's part of the game. So what can be done or should be done in this situation? Let's take a look at a few options, beginning with the most punitive. Number one, you could forfeit the game. 
The threat of the home team losing the game by forfeit would definitely bring a swift end to the court storming problem. However, most college athletics directors are quite aware that creating a fun environment during home games makes for good business too. I could see this measure implemented by some conferences as a type of third strike, for example. Another idea, no fans allowed into the arena for the next home game. Wow, I read about this idea over the weekend. The winning team during that court storming event would still keep their win. However, the home team's revenue for their next home game with no fans in the arena would virtually disappear. So if a team played in a 12,000 seat arena with an average ticket price of, let's say, $25, that's a loss of $300,000 in ticket revenue for the next game. That would certainly catch your attention. And you'd also lose about $100,000 or so in lost concessions revenue to add to the pain. And the TV broadcasters would put a lot of pressure on the conferences to avoid this kind of an idea. Nothing is worse for television than playing a basketball game in an empty gymnasium. I've come up with a possible compromise idea. How about this? No fans allowed on the floor until 60 seconds are run off the shot clock following the game. If a full minute was given for the opposing team and the referees to clear the floor, the safety concerns would significantly decrease. Most home team fans simply want to whoop it up and take a few selfies while standing out on the school's basketball court. The PA announcer should address several times, both before the game, during halftime, and especially late in the game, that no one is allowed onto the basketball floor until 60 seconds after the final buzzer for safety reasons. The home team's pep band or a recorded version could then strike up the alma mater for the school and freeze the home school's fans in place. And once that timer passes the one-minute mark, it's then permissible for fans to come safely onto the basketball floor. Now, if the fans fail to observe that 60-second rule after the game ends, I think a forfeit by the home team should become the proper punishment. And I think that all college basketball fans would quickly understand this new concept and adapt appropriately. I'm Swamp Swamming. <laughs>